Well, friends, we have come to our final week, the final installment of the series that we have entitled Why, where we have collectively asked some big faith questions like, why are we here? Why does it matter? And today we are asking the question, why church? Why is it important to gather as the body of Christ week in and week out? Why is what we do here on a Sunday morning or throughout the week in our various classes and fellowship opportunities, why is all of this so crucial to who we are as a people of faith? So we turn to the Apostle Paul this morning because if anyone is going to know anything about what it means to gather as a Christian community, it might be the guy who was thought by historians to have planted or helped plant at least 14 churches. In his first letter to the Corinthian church, Paul introduces the language of a church as the body of Christ. In ancient Greek, in the ancient Greek world, this was a common metaphor used to describe the structure and function of the government of the time. But Paul takes what is familiar, that familiar metaphor, and widens the scope and uses it as a relational tool to empower Christians in Corinth and beyond. If you spent any time at the Wednesday night 635 service, you have come to know that I believe scripture is not just simply the words on a page, that scripture is an invitation for us to experience all that God has for us. It's an invitation to experience scripture with our whole selves. Uh, And in doing so, we're invited into a holistic understanding of what God might have for us, might be revealing to us in Scripture. So this morning, I would love for us to experience this Scripture that we are about to read together in a unique way. When we read about a particular part of the body, I would like to invite you to take notice of that body part. And if you want to get really crazy with it, you can even wiggle some toes, touch some fingers together, or pull at your ear as just a way to connect our bodies to what Paul is trying to convey with this metaphor. Are you ready to give it a shot? You ready to try this with me? All right. This is what Paul has to say to us this morning about the church community in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 27. Hear now the word of the Lord. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, a slave or free, we are all given one spirit to drink. 
Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. It would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body. It would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? And if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I do not need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable, we treat with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, Every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Friends, now you are the body of Christ, and each of you has a part in it. This is the word of God given to us as the children of God, and we all say together, thanks be to God. Will you join me in a word of prayer this morning? Holy God, we thank you for the gift of your word and for the ways your spirit speaks to us. Open our hearts and our minds so that we might hear what you have to say to us this morning. Amen. So as we're still getting to know one another, I think there's something that you need to know about me. I love jigsaw puzzles, or at least I try to. Maybe I should say I really want to love jigsaw puzzles, and when I'm shopping by myself, which doesn't happen much anymore, I always find myself in the puzzle aisle and in an internal debate with myself on whether I should pick up another one, even though I have many still in a box somewhere. And I buy them under the false pretense that I might just have some free time to piece one together. But what often happens is that I will confidently dump out all of the pieces on the table, sort and categorize them based on some system that I have yet to figure out for myself, find all of the corners, and then get to work trying to make all of the pieces fit together even where they don't really seem to fit. 
hour after hour, piece after piece, I feel my patience and my hope wear dangerously thin until, out of sheer frustration, I just give up. I pack up all of those pieces I carefully sorted and walk away completely. So often I wonder if this is how many of us feel about church and the church experience, about what we experience as we gather in spaces just like this one, doing exactly what it is that we are doing this morning. We come with this beautiful picture in our minds about what this should look like, what this worship experience and church experience should feel like. And if you're anything like me, we try to match our own piece of the puzzle to the pieces that are already connected and creating that image. Sometimes we find our place, the place where we naturally fit, where everything seems to click and we find the place where we can be our authentic selves, where we are learning and growing as we work out what it is that we truly believe. And those times we find a place where we can faithfully serve and live out our Christian vocation in a way that feels right to us. But other times we just keep turning our piece of the puzzle trying out different angles and different places without actually finding the place we truly and fully fit. For some of us, the frustration stems from looking around and seeing how others are connecting, but not feeling connected ourselves. For others, it might be witnessing places where our words and our beliefs don't necessarily match or mirror our practice. My own frustration in recent months has been watching how our denomination, a church that I deeply love, is struggling with naming and living out what it is that we believe as we turn and try, turn and try, we wonder to ourselves, will I ever fit? Is it worth it? Is church worth all this frustration? I think this is the same question that many of the members of the Christian community felt in Corinth at the time that Paul was writing the letter we just read from moments ago. You see, Corinth was a a major port city, a metropolitan area where people from all around the world would come and go buying and selling goods. Some were just passing through, but others chose to stay put and make a home. So as you can imagine, the church in Corinth was a melting pot of so many different cultures and ethnicities, languages, and religious flavors. There was also a drastic gap in socioeconomic class, 
where at church you would see the richest and most educated members of society worshiping alongside the poorest and the most uneducated members. This natural, multifaceted diversity led to many arguments and frustration within the Christian community Paul had planted there. They argued over who should teach and how they should teach, what they should eat, what they shouldn't eat, what they should wear, what they should not wear. You name it, the Christians in the Corinth church most likely struggled with it. And I have to wonder if some of those young Christians who were, who were looking at this community, I wonder if some of them wondered, do I fit here? Is this place worth it? Maybe some of those Christians who were struggling just to make ends meet were looking at the loudest voices, those who were living maybe more comfortably, and wondered, am I worth it? Does my peace belong in this puzzle? You know, this is an age-old question. Time and time again, people have struggled with this innate need for community. But for me, no one stands out more than Ruth and Naomi from the Old Testament. No relationship captures this need for community more. So often we hear this story from Ruth's perspective, from Ruth's point of view. But this morning I want to invite us into Naomi's experience. You see, when Naomi uh, is introduced to us for the first time, in the first few verses of the book of Ruth, she has moved to a foreign country with her husband and two sons to escape a famine in her own country. And while she was there in that foreign country living among people she did not know, her husband dies. And she's left alone with her two sons, without her life partner, without her protector. And then a few years later, after her two sons were married off and finding their own families, they too pass away, leaving her alone, truly alone, and responsible for two other young women in a world that was unkind and unsafe to navigate without a man in the family. As Naomi looked at the future she now faced at her own age, she knew that there was no hope of remarriage. So she was destined for a future filled with hardship and pain, poverty, and so many other hard experiences, living day by day, trusting that somehow, some way, God would provide and that she would survive. But she looked at her daughters-in-law, women that she had grown to love and respect, 
She saw the promise in their futures. She saw the possibility of life and love and prosperity that still was to come. She saw hope. And so she asked herself, what could I have to offer these women? Could I even ask them to stay with me? Am I worth it? Her peace no longer seemed to fit alongside these women who have become her family over the years. And so she said to them, return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? I am, am I going to have more sons who could become your husbands? Return home. Go where it's safe. Leave me. Just when she thought her life would end in sorrow, that she would be alone for the rest of her life, when she thought that she would never again be worthy of family, of community, her daughter-in-law Ruth says this. She says, yes, you are. Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people. And your God, my God. It was almost like Ruth had said, I recognize myself in you. This is where I need to be. Let's navigate this journey of life together, wherever it may take us. And just like that, Naomi's peace, the one that she thought would never find a home again, the one she thought would never fit anywhere, found its place alongside Ruth's. They were grafted together in community, bonded by mutual respect and shared experience and a deep abiding love. Can you imagine what that must have felt like for Naomi to hear in that moment? Can you feel the glimmer of hope, the relief, the love? Such a simple statement such a simple gesture changed the course of Naomi's life. It changed her life from one of loneliness into a life of togetherness. Naomi mattered. Naomi was worth something to Ruth and to God. And if Naomi had sacred worth, then so do we. Then so do we. I think that's why Paul said to the Corinthians in his letter, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker, those of you who are questioning your own worth, you are not worthless. No, instead, you are indispensable. 
And the parts that we think are less honorable, those of you who feel like they do not belong here, you are honored. You have a place. You have a home here. Paul says you belong. You matter. You are someone of sacred worth, period. Friends, that is the community that we need. The community we need is not one that is picture perfect. It's not the one that matches our own picture, our own idea of what this is supposed to look like. It is the community that will daily break through our doubt and frustration, our feelings of worthlessness to remind us that we are worth it all because we are worth it all. On our best days and on our worst days, my friends, I believe we can find that community right here, that right here at Trinity United Methodist Church is the place where we can and will be reminded that we are valued, that we are beloved, and worthy of love, where even the smallest gestures, a simple smile, a hug, a meaningful conversation, an invitation to participate in a ministry, where those small things just might change someone's entire life. All we have to do is show up to show up and to be the people that God has called us to be. A church striving to do their very best to follow after Christ, to love God and to love others, to love all people, to know and to own the places where we are still growing and learning and leaning into the movement of the Holy Spirit. You know, if you take a look back at the book of Ruth and the story that evolves of Ruth and Naomi's relationship, you see that it doesn't end right after that beautiful moment where Ruth chooses Naomi. It doesn't end after the beautiful embrace that I can only assume happened after that teary-eyed affirmation of worth. It was just the beginning, the very beginning of their story together. From that moment on, it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows. Their life circumstances didn't magically change. Life was still hard. They still had an entire road full of unknowns. And I can only imagine that on that road together, they would have had moments of frustration Moments where they were angry with one another, fed up over something little or something major. But at the end of the day, they were family. At the end of the day, even when the road was rocky, even when they didn't know what would come next, 
They were better together, better in community, better than they would ever be alone. May that be so for us today. May this be the place where we find that true community, that beloved community, where we are reminded that no matter where we come from, no matter what road we walk on, that we are worth it, that we belong here. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Will you join me in prayer? Gracious and loving God, we thank you that you have gathered us here from all of the places from which we come, from all of the backgrounds, all of the life experiences. God, we have found our way here. God, may love abound so that we might be grafted into one another and into you, that we might find a place where we can truly be Reminded that you call us beloved. That we are creatures of sacred worth to you. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen.